0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: you're listening to scoopy radio with Brendan robinson scoopy radio. Got a special guest uh but first let me introduce my co-host for today i got the man the myth the golfing legend jerry stevens
1: from oklahoma city jerry how you doing today and I'm doing well. Uh, hit about 300 balls today at Top Golf. Drank four mimosas real quick. Um, yeah, I don't mess around when it comes to that champagne. I'm not champagne <laughs> Jerry for no reason. And uh, and uh, had a good day, man. I got the baby crying out there right now, waiting on me to get back out there because she's on this thing where she's definitely daddy's girl, and I love it. Um, even though it, it does get taxing at times. So uh, <laughs> shout out to all the mamas out there that do everything and handle business because y'all are real ones for that.
2: <laughs> definitely, definitely.
1: All right, and introducing our special
2: guest. Uh, he is the one that gets the party started when it comes to the offseason, when it comes to rumors. Uh, he's the one that you love. To see fail, but he's the one that you love to hear from also during the off season. So I got Brandon Scoop B Robinson here with us. Scoop, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So okay. one of the reasons I got you on here real quick. So we are we are a Thunder podcast, yes. um, and you know, so we always so we tune into Woj, we tune into Shans, we tune into I think Mark Stein is another guy that I kind of, you know, have on, have on uh, notifications just to make sure what he says. But I also have you on notifications because you do have the scoop. You know, you do live up to your name. And so with the Oklahoma City Thunder being eliminated from playoff contention a couple, you know, about a week ago, um, one of the first things that kind of came out from that is you saying that, hey, there's several teams, basically a fourth of the league, is going to be interested in Chris Paul moving forward. So, I, I, what I kind of want to do is I want to look. I want to look at these teams that you brought up um, and kind of see your perspective from them, and maybe what you've heard about a possible deal, if anything. You know, it's it's, it's way too early. We're still in the season. We're still in the postseason, so it's way too early to kind of jump into, you know, the nuances and the different minutiae as far as trades and things like that. Um, but just kind of maybe why these teams are interested and what maybe they can offer. So, one so, of
1: the biggest one. So wait a second. I just want to let everybody know if y'all forgot, Scoop's the one that told us that PG's shoulders were broken before he actually came out and yeah. said that they were broken. Um, so, this ain't no like, hey, we're just tossing some bullcrap against the wall because we're bored because COVID sucks. I mean, this dude's got it. All right. So, no, this man, this man knows. Yeah, pay. This attention.
2: Man, so this man he, he knew he knew that Russell Westbrook was getting traded, so he flew all the way out to Tulsa, Oklahoma to be at his show whenever he did get traded. So oh. I mean that's just
3: what <laughs> <laughs> I'll add this. I ain't perfect, but I'm about 80 to 85%, and that's just in your local region. I, I did catch hell for that Paul George uh, tweet that I put out back in March. And he admitted Indeed. in July that he had surgery, and, and sure enough, um, we talked off air the two K parties and things that I that I attend, not, not just NBA function stuff. I actually ran into Paul George um, at that two K party last September, and I introduced myself to him and I said, "Yo, remember that report that came out in the spring about your rotator cuff?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yo, that was you." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, "Damn, you're good." He goes. That just wasn't my story to tell. You told it
1: though. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it, to be honest with you. So,
2: it is what it is, I
1: guess. <laughs> I
2: tell you, I tell you what. No, no. When I, when I saw that, when I saw that report, I was like, you know what? We should get this guy on the podcast. And everybody was like, yeah, let's do that. So yeah. that's when I, I you know, I, I put out the DM to you. I was like, hey, and you responded right back real quick, man. I was like, oh shit, here we go. Let's go, and then you know we had you on the podcast. You talked about it um, yeah. so yeah so so one of the one of the teams on your list that seems a little bit weird to me because they are a win away from making it to the Western conference finals is Denver, mm-hmm. so you know the why I guess is the question I had why why would Denver be interested in? Chris Paul, if they are a win away from getting
3: to the Western Conference Finals. That's what I'll tell you before I officially answer your question. The person who shared that information with me today was the same person who shared the Mike D'Antoni information with me today. And what did I tweet at the same time as Walsh? All right. That's nice. I want to I I start with that. Okay. Um, secondly, what I will say to you is, um, from the information that I received today concerning the Denver Nuggets, um, one of the things that really wouldn't make sense in that regard is spacing. If you paid attention to the playoffs, Jamal Murray reminds me of like a of, of like a, a, tri- a like I think it's the tape on his wrist that reminds me of Rod Strickland. But realistically, <laughs> no. when I when I when I look at Jamal Murray, and what he's able to do, one thing that I've really deducted from that is um, viable scorer has the ability to. Um, get to the basket at will and has really has a tenacity and a leadership quality within his team. Um, But shifting him to the two guard position may be in the future plans of the Denver Nuggets. In spite of the fact that when you look at who initiates their offense, their center and Nikola Jokic does initiate that offense in that regard. They're not a traditional um, team in that regard. When you look at Chris Paul as a floor general, uh, I mean, Stevie Wonder could see that he can guide any team he took the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, organization uh, uh, to the playoffs and I believe was a fifth or sixth place team this year um, and, and went toe-to-toe uh, it, with the Houston Rockets. And, you know, it didn't go in their favor. But, uh, I mean, this was a Chris Paul guy that, you know, I can tell you that when – Alex, when I saw you on, on the ground in Oklahoma, I was hearing that, you know, the Heat were the team that was looking to uh, make a move to get him. And the only thing that was holding him up – uh, in fact, was the fact that the Miami Heat were not ready to relinquish the rights to uh, Tyler Hero, Kentucky standout mm-hmm. that's been playing exceptionally well in the playoffs. I think averages like 12 or 13 points per game uh, during the playoffs, playing alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo under Eric, Eric Sp- head coach Eric Spolster. But, you know, specifically as it relates to Chris Paul, it will be an upgrade at the point guard position, having a ball handler that can make some things happen. And, I mean, the, I think this Nuggets team is at the precipice of doing something great. I mean, the fact that you're go- you're going to a seventh game against the, the Los Angeles Clippers and one Kawhi Leonard and 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 Paul George and 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 just a a glut of other talent that is on that team, both starting and on the bench under Doc Rivers. And, you know, to add that particular piece, you know, the way it was told or phrased to me, that's something that Denver would consider in the offseason. Now, I just want to preface that just because they're considering a trade doesn't mean that yeah. the that that the other team has to accept. Uh, I, I will say to you just just to, to, to um, hold myself accountable. Um, after putting out these reports dating from Thursday till today, I actually did reach out to uh, Oklahoma City uh, general Manager Sam Presty uh, by phone. I called both his numbers, did not answer his phone. So I'm waiting for Mr. Presty to call back. Um, and you know hopefully can have some type of dialogue. I, I, during these times, uh, general managers don't always like to answer their phones, neither do team presidents. I'm still waiting for a few people, and Mr. Brand and and, and a few other people throughout the league that I'm waiting for them to return my calls. But um, I don't really think I would get much at this point, just because I think people are really trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, but when I look at the, the, the Denver Nuggets, man, I personally do think that uh, Chris Paul, at his age, it would prolong his career. Um, I know he has two years left on that contract. I think he, he gets about 38 to $40 million on the docket uh, for the next two years. So that is a hefty price tag. And in order to make that happen, you would have to move Michael Porter uh, in that move, which makes plausible sense because um, I can tell you at the trading deadline last year, um, Denver did reach out to the New Orleans Pelicans uh, about um, Anthony Davis. And Michael Porter Jr. was uh, pitched. Uh, to the Pelicans, in that deal in, in Denver declined.
1: Interesting. Makes Interesting. Yeah. yeah, makes sense, too, with, with the haul that they got back. So, <laughs> Denver's one of them. I mean, out of the list that you put out, my big question is, who the heck do you think has the assets, right, or or has the want to really get him there, like, hardcore, like, I need Chris Paul right now to make my team do blank? Well, so I,
3: I gave – in total, there's about 17s, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was the Phoenix Suns, the Utah Jazz, the New York Knicks, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, the Denver Nuggets, and I can't remember what the 17th team mm-hmm. seven, was. Um, At <laughs> yeah, Dallas. And, okay, the Dallas Mavericks. So, yeah, looking, looking on paper, um, I would tell you that I believe that the Denver Nuggets have assets. Um, which would likely include Michael, Michael Porter Jr. And I also believe the Philadelphia 76ers have assets. Now, the two things that the Sixers and the uh, New Orleans, or excuse me, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, have in common, so are uh, these hefty contracts. You look at the 76ers and you look at Al Horford. Um, there's been talks or rumors that going around that the Sacramento Kings might take on. Uh, I've heard that on Twitter. I, I never said it, but I've heard people say, um, uh, allude to that—that that, that that Al Horford would be a guy that would be able to get moved to the Sacramento Kings, but you look at you know uh, Chris Paul. Those two contracts are like big bricks on both sides of the, against the cap. Um, Elton Brand has publicly said um, that, that that he wants to keep Ben Simmons uh, and 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 Joel Embiid intact in Philadelphia. So if I'm holding him at his word. How do I move Al Horford and his contract and potentially Tobias Harris? I've seen that floating around on Twitter as well. Um, personally, when you look at the Sixers, they moved Ben Simmons to the power forward position and you shifted Shake Milton to the starting point guard position. Yeah. Chris Paul is an instant upgrade in that regard. Um, the one thing that I've heard and I've, I've discussed it on my podcast with a guy by the name of Rashad Phillips as well as um, – Corey Homicide Williams, who's a broadcast out in Australia, was that the, uh, the Toronto Raptors were interested in bringing in um, and getting their future uh, upstarted with um, one in uh, LaMelo Ball. So he, he discussed the tr- potential trade that between the Golden State Warriors, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Toronto Raptors that would shift Kyle Lowry to his hometown of Philadelphia – would send Ben Simmons to the Golden State Warriors and would get LaMelo Ball to the Toronto Raptors. That being said, um, do you kind of take a detour from that? You don't, you're don't. you not necessarily mortgaged to making that deal. you somehow find a way to, to construct some deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder if you strike out in that regard and you upgrade that point guard and somehow find a way to keep Ben Simmons while also bringing in Chris Paul – that's a reality as well, because what I can tell you was back in the summertime, Miami and Oklahoma City were talking, and if you remember, this was this was talked about in mainstream. Danilo Gallinari was on the table for Oklahoma, and they were willing to send the to Miami, and they actually revisited that at the trading deadline. The issue was still ty- Tyler Hero. So it's a lot of this back and forth. So if they're looking for maybe a draft pick or two, Danilo Gallinari in some way um, to go, why not try to get off... Tobias Harris, who still is a volume scorer. I just think that Philadelphia at large um, has not had the ability to get over the hump because their best team was last year when they had Jimmy Butler, and he left. Yep. Yeah. So to me, Philadelphia does make sense.
2: Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely it does. Philadelphia is one of the teams that I, I look at, and I'm like, they're Chris Paul away from doing great things. Yep. Another, team, another team that I kind of see in that realm and that regard is probably – Milwaukee, um, because, you know, Milwaukee, you have going to be a two-time MVP, consecutive MVP in, in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and then you also have Chris Middleton, who's a great shooter. He's a great setup shooter, spot shooter. Um, but Eric Bledsoe, to me, has always – I look at him and I'm like, he has, he has the game to be a great six-man, but not the consistency to be a great starter in the league. Um, and so I think that's been their biggest weakness right there is at point guard. And so Milwaukee, especially in an effort to try to keep Giannis happy, I think they would make a viable candidate for Chris Paul. What do you think? I would agree. Um,
3: I, I spoke to a source last night, in fact, that kind of uh, shared with me the, the contents of what was going on in that meeting with Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, last night. I was told that Giannis was in a meeting with um, his mother, his brother, um, and him himself and basically said in the meeting with, with um, the Bucks ownership, he's not looking to be traded right now, but basically uh, the Bucks need to do what they need to do uh, in order to make some sort of trade uh, to make them better. And you know, that kind of goes along the timeline of what I tweeted on Thursday uh, about the Bucks being a a, a potential candidate in that situation. You you mentioned specifically um, Eric Bledsoe. I believe he has two years left on that, on his contract. Um, And you know, Great young player, uh, but there's a there's a panache that uh, that Chris Paul brings uh, to that team, um, and he's proven it at every stop that he's that he's that he's landed. You know whether it's um, you know the Rockets, whether it's the Thunder, whether it's um, the Hornets at large, and so um, that is something that I, I think would make sense with Milwaukee, and and specifically because. We realized that when Giannis Antetokounmpo got hurt and hurt, his, hurt, his, hurt himself in the playoffs against the Miami Heat, we realized that Chris Middleton actually did earn his money uh, that in that max deal, you know, that that they that they gave him, which I reported last summer was going to be a thing. I think it was a couple million off, but um, really, Screw truly, me, radio. Um, they were always Giannis and Chris Middleton were a, a package deal, and you saw why Chris Middleton was able to, to hold up his end of the bargain, particularly in that game that they won. Uh, I think game last yeah, well, so, I mean, I, that being said, could you imagine how much the how much Chris Paul could spread the floor, mm-hmm. on both sides with Middleton and, and Giannis? I think you know that I think that's something that's that's good. But um, I also want to add this as it relates to Giannis. So I, I mentioned that I spoke to someone who, who gave me you know the scoop on what was going on in that meeting with uh, Giannis and his mother and and his brother. Um, I'll add that um, basically, if Giannis is to leave. You know, so you assume that it would be like a New York team, the Nets or the Knicks um, or the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, what I'll add is that it's not a foregone conclusion that he necessarily wants to play in a major market. Mm. And so, then you start thinking, well, what team makes sense? And again, this is a hypothetical. This he has not requested a trade. He's not out, right? But if that were to happen you automatically start thinking about the Miami Heat for this reason. One, they have the salary cap space. Um, and two, um, Miami has been linked to Victor Oladipo for some time. If you remember, I tweeted maybe a week or two ago um, that there are a myriad of teams that are interested in Oladipo services. There's also a reason why Nate McMillan was fired in Indiana. They gave him an extension, and then he mysteriously was fired. Um, and I can tell you that you know there's been reports that Becky Hammond is a person that's on their wish list as a head coach. Um, Honestly enough, I've also heard rumblings about Mark Jackson, who is a former Indiana Pacer um, in that that same vein. So I I did speak to Mark a couple of weeks ago. He has a desire to coach. He didn't name a specific team. Rewind to what I said about Giannis. Um, Small markets, Miami makes sense. Um, I don't know if you consider Golden State a big or small market. San Francisco is a pretty big market and everybody links him to the Warriors. Um, but I also do think that if, if the Bucks do what they're supposed to do, they'll be fine. And this situation kind of reminds me a lot of Zach Levine's situation with the Chicago Bulls. I can tell you, you know, that league sources mm-hmm. shared with me that, you know, this was pre-Jim Boylan being fired. Um, that basically, if the Bulls do what they're supposed to do, they bring in some help, they bring in the right coach, they, they recruit some talent, Levine wants to stay. Um, and I think Levine and Giannis are in a similar situation, except Levine has two years left on his deal. Giannis becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2021.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there was another one that you yeah. had on there too, though. Dallas. Sure. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, yeah. That one sort of took me back just because, you know, I think Luca's proven that having the ball through his hands, you know, and running everything through him, uh, all 75 shots a game, uh, it, it works. You know what I mean? It just, it works for them, Carlisle and everybody else. Um, you know, sort of what would be the benefit of, of Chris Paul going there and, and sort of what have you been hearing? You know, if any, you know, to what extent, I guess.
2: Next
3: level. I think Luca's is a primary ball handler in the Carlisle system. Um, you know, it's a human triple double machine, the envy of every NBA jam players, favorite NBA jam players, fit, uh, player. But I think, from what I've been told, um, they want to take it a step up. You know, I, I come from the from the, from the Black Baptist Church, and when I see the conductor and the choir go like this, that means take it up another active. And so when I look at Chris Paul in that situation, I think he can take the, the uh, Dallas Mavericks to another active um, in that regard. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't make sense to people, but I think when you have a young team that are some high flyers, sometimes – as much as Luka is a primary ball handler, some, sometimes six, seven, six, eight swingmen who have the uncanny ability to, to command a double team while also finding the wide open player, sometimes they can be their own worst enemy because they can do so much. As much as I like LeBron James on the floor, I do think Kyrie Irving was the best point guard that he ever played with, and, and that's why the two of them won a championship because Kyrie is a point guard. LeBron James is a small forward with a point guard's mentality. Um, who was who versatile enough that can pretty much play all five positions on the floor. In that same vein, when you look at the Dallas Mavericks, uh, you know, you have a Chris Porzingis who was, I guess, the second fiddle on that team. You've got questions about his health. Uh, you know, he didn't finish against the, the, the Clippers and, um, you know, because he was hurt. But I think Chris Paul just opens up the lane. And to be honest with you, I think it's a similar but different situation with the Pelicans. When you look at the Pelicans, Chris Paul makes perfect sense. Number one, uh, it would be a homecoming of sorts if he goes to the Pelicans, number two, except New Orleans area was a different team back then, post-Katrina, but also you look at the situation with Zion Williamson, who is a high flyer. You look at uh, Brandon Ingram, the most improved player of the year in that regard. You look at JJ um, Redick on your team. You just look at a, a list of just guys that need some veteran leadership. I do think that if Chris Paul were to come to the Pelicans, uh, they would be a top five team in the NBA's Western Conference. Uh, and I think when you look at the Dallas Mavericks, I, I think that they would become uh, a, a top. Mm, I think there would be a top three uh, team in, in, in the NBA's Western Conference as well. You look at the Golden State Warriors, they'll be healthy next year. The Lakers, depending on what happens with AD in the offseason, you know, you have that, that, that option as well. But yeah, man, I, I do think that um, when you look at the, the team that you mentioned, the Dallas Mavericks, I can see why people question it. That's what I heard from my source. I'm sticking with my source. Take it, no, yeah. take it, and,
1: and it, I mean it makes sense looking at it from that perspective. I'm looking at it with you know different set of glasses over here, so um, no, and and even the New Orleans side of it. But I'm gonna say right now, if we're trading New Orleans, we better get Brandon Ingram up out of that joint, all right? Or Drew Holiday. I, I need one of the two if we're gonna make that work. Uh, um, I no, mean, nah, be- hey, hey, they
2: got they they got a uh, they got the Lakers uh, cash of uh, assets. I I'll take I I'll take some of those.
3: Yeah, and when you talk about Drew Holiday, um, I reported on Thursday that Drew Holiday is a guy that, you know, that the Pelicans are, are, are looking to move as they are, Lonzo Ball as well. Um, Drew Holiday has interest from uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, that would be a homecoming of sorts for him, coming back to the team that drafted him. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are looking for a, a, a second-tier point guard as well, uh, even though Drew Holiday is still a starter in today's game. Um, because the Nets are still interested um, in, in, in parts with Bradley Bill, but it has to make sense. I think Karis LeVert has more than played himself uh, into a good position in the NBA bubble and raised his value yeah. as did Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, you look at that situation with the Nets, Drew would make sense. It's just got to be the right fit. Um, if the Bradley right. Bill thing doesn't come about, you know, do you, do you move? Do you still move Spencer DeWitt and Karis LeVert or do you keep them as is? Um do you, you know, I know Kyrie and Karis Lavert as as is Kevin Durant and Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, uh, um, DeAndre Jordan are all represented by Roc Nation. So you know everybody has that that affinity there. But I, I think at the end of the day, you know, Drew Holiday is a is a
2: hot commodity. So you know we'll see what happens. Okay. So I saw. You, so you mentioned Utah also, but Utah. I mean, it's pretty like if you're going to do an upgrade from Mike Conley, Chris Paul makes sense. Their salaries that- almost match. So that one makes sense. Um, the one that kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. I mean, so, I mean, if we're going to take it to church and raise it up an octave, I, I understand this completely. But <laughs> the Suns, you know, the Suns had their run in the bubble. You know, they, they kind of struggled a little bit out of the gate um, in the season. But when they, you know, they, when they got to the bubble and they went 8-0 and during the, uh, the the regular season of the bubble um, and just missed the playoffs by, you know, by a hair, you were like, okay, this, this team needs – this team needs one more person to kind of push it over the, over the hump. Um, and so kind of talk to me about Chris Paul to the Suns. Well, rookie, Ru-
3: Ricky Rubio, excuse me, turns 30 uh, fairly soon. Um, he played well for the Phoenix Suns this season. Um, I think and I know that the Suns are looking towards the future as it relates to Devin Booker. I can tell you, you know, that I have covered Carl Anthony Towns at great lengths. And they are – Towns, Booker, and D'Angelo Russell are close. Um, and there are some people who feel as though – I'm winking at you – that uh, the, the, the Timberwolves could be looking to make some sort of deal to try to convince the Phoenix Suns to do something. Um, and the
2: Timberwolves just happen to own the number one pick. This
3: year. They just <laughs> happen to own it. They happen to. Yeah, so – what I'll say to you is that when I look at the Suns' situation, you saw that Devin Booker played his way into, like, yeah, people know him as dating a Kardashian or Jenner or whoever, but at the same time, he could flat out play. Yep. And I Hit think ball. that um, he needs that veteran leader to help him, not, I mean, just to, to take, give Reed. the sons uh, more validity to what they did in the bubble. And I think that Chris Paul. It's that there's something about Arizona, specifically Phoenix, that when veterans go there, they replenish their career. The names that come to mind easily is Grant Hill, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, this, you know, having the ability to to go in and, and and take advantage of their medicine, their sports medicine, and just really um, flourish at a different stage in life. And I think that when I look at the Phoenix Suns and what Chris Paul brings to the table it makes sense. Um, Chris Paul is an upgrade over Ricky Rubio.
1: Oh, easily. Easily. No,
2: I, yeah, I, I agree 100% because, I mean, there's one thing that Devin Booker, like, I see the Suns organization and I see them as hoping and hoping and hoping for a savior. Um, whenever, like, as an organization, if you get a good young player, you need to surround him with a veteran that can kind of show them the way. And I don't think Phoenix has done a great job of putting a veteran next to Devin Booker to kind of, him, kind of show him the way to to not only be great in the NBA, but once you become good and people start coming at you, how to counterpunch and, and get even better. Um, and, and I think that's what kind of happened last year with Devin Booker is, you know, NBA teams kind of said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and kind of lay off of him. And so he can't, you know, his, his driving game isn't his strong suit. You know, it, it's his shooting and it's his... You know, so I, I think I think Chris Paul would definitely help not only the development of Devin Booker, continued development, but also the development of that team. And I have a good relationship with um
3: Apples Jones, the mother of Josh Jackson, who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. And um, you know, I've I've you know I've had Josh and his mom on the podcast. I, I was with Josh back in February uh, when the Grizzlies were in um, in Philadelphia, and just over the years, over the last few years just watching Josh Jackson, um, he feels more comfortable in Memphis. There was a level of just uh, control that he did not have, or or rather a control that a a way that he wanted to play, he couldn't play that way in in Phoenix, that he's able to play in Memphis around the supporting cast. That team in, in Phoenix was always built around Devin Booker, but I think Devin Booker is realizing the talent that he has, and now the world has become familiar uh, with Devin Booker on what he's been able to do. And, you know, you got some people, some scouts and some coaches who, you know, their scouting reports, you look at them, they're, they're saying, you know, moves like Kobe or, you know, plays like Kobe, shoots like Kobe. Like, that, that's not um—that's not small potatoes. No. Um, and when you look at a you know, Phoenix Suns team, if you want to keep uh, Devin Booker, you, you got to have guys around Devin Booker. You know, I mean, this is a guy that has improved every year. And, um, you know, for Devin and D'Angelo Russell and Carl anthony Towns to say out loud, we all are going to become teammates, I'm scared because you know that this is a player's league. Anthony Davis forced his way out of New Orleans. Yeah. Rich Paul, some of the – like, I was getting that information as far as the moves that were being made as related to AD and, and the Lakers. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, like, it, Rich Paul doesn't answer his phone now because he was feeding so many people different things that they were running to Twitter and saying. And it wasn't just Rich Paul. It was Magic Johnson. It was a lot of people that were saying a lot of different things. I mean, this is – this is, and I think that that set the blueprint for what's to come for players wanting their way out. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you if you look at Giannis, the same thing could happen there next season if, if things don't uh, materialize in a, in a certain way. Like guys force their way out. You look at Devin Booker. If that trade doesn't happen at the trading debt, or, excuse me, at, by the draft, if, if like you could see if, if Phoenix doesn't get their act together um, moving forward, I think there's still a level of youth and maturity that still takes place because they hired head coach Monty Williams last summer and, you know, they're still figuring things out. So I think this coming year is the last year of a grace period. After that, people are going to start paying attention to certain things. The same way with Jason Kidd in Milwaukee. You know, the first couple of years with Giannis, you eased into it. Then over time, like, people are holding you to a higher standard. You know, like, I, I think that that's what's to come with the teams that I've mentioned. You know, like, Utah's going to give uh, Donovan Mitchell that, that extension, as my buddy Chris Haynes reported uh, recently. Um, you look at the Timberwolves. They're 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 looking to get Devin Booker, but in the same breath, the Suns are looking to get Chris Paul. The Bucks are looking to get Chris Paul because – that will help Giannis and, and and Chris Middleton and will free up space on that floor. You know, I think Chris Paul is a guy that's really in high demand. And, you know, the Knicks, I mentioned the Knicks and people kind of, you know, they wanted to argue and fight with me. I mean, the Knicks were looking to keep Mitchell Robinson. You know, I know that at the trading deadline, and this was when Steve Mills, they basically relieved him of duties as team president, but Steve Mills was talking with the Golden State Warriors and Mitchell Robinson uh, was was one of the pieces that was asking price of um, the Golden State Warriors, and you know the Knicks eventually just said no. Um, would Mitchell Robinson be enough to the Thunder? Kevin Knox has been a, a dangling carrot the last few years. I mean, I can tell you that you know uh, Steve Mills was looking was was pitching uh, Kevin Knox and his contract to the mm-hmm. to the uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans last summer, and. Ultimately, the thing that won the Pelicans over was the Lakers' uh, first-round pick, which, you know, the, the Pelicans had two uh, draft picks last year in the draft. So there's just a lot going on, and I think that this draft coming up just complicates a lot. I, I, I know I'm double-talking and speaking on both sides, but it's just so much that's going on at one time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so I wrote, I wrote an article about um, Chris Paul to the Knicks. I wrote that six months ago. Right and and now now that we know that the Knicks have the number eight pick, the number eight pick is not a valuable pick as far as franchise building. The number Italy, eight pick five. is, yeah, number eight pick is something that you can get rid of if you get some if you get a player of the caliber of Chris Paul back, you get rid of that number eight pick as quickly as you can, yeah. because, I mean, to the Thunder it's very valuable to the Knicks not at all, and so I've, I've always thought that New York, especially with their glut of high pay power forwards that they have on their team, you know Julius Randle, uh, Bobby Portis, uh, who else? Um,
1: the legend, Todd Gibson.
2: Yeah, Todd Gibson. There we <laughs> go, man. Th- Thunder legend, Todd Gibson. You know they have a glut of people and salaries they can go ahead and just throw the thunders way, plus draft picks. Plus, you know, I think I think that's the one that that makes the most sense. But I want to. So I want I want to I want to put the prediction ball in your hands. So whenever we do start playing basketball once again for the 2021-22 season <laughs> or whenever the hell we're playing again <laughs> what what jersey is Chris Paul wearing Um and, the, not, and 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 the answer can't be not a thunder jersey
3: No, I'm 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 not going to be that corny. Um all right. <laughs> I like the Bucks. Okay. And, and I like the Bucs. I, I, it's a tie between the Bucks and Philadelphia, though. I, I just think that Philly still has something there. The other thing is, like, so, you know how I talked about that pressure? You look at the Sixers. Did that Sam Hinkie process experiment work? No. No. So, now, like, you're holding people accountable. You went from the process almost eight to 10 years ago to um, Hinkie's gone. You bring in Colangelo and then you see all that stuff with the burner accounts. And then you got Elton Brand taking over and Elton Brand got success fast and, and was successful. Jimmy Butler was traded to Philadelphia. You got Tobias Harrison and then you sign him to that extension. I think it was $142 million over four or five years. I think his deal was similar to LeBron's. I think LeBron's was five years, 144, or four years, 144. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, like, Philly makes sense because, like, if you do keep Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons together, you got to have a coach that supports that ego. And so, to me, I know early reports came out that it was Ty Lue that would be the, the replacement head coach after they fired Brett Brown. You've heard, you know, Keith Pompey over at the Philadelphia Choir say Jason Kidd. Um, and I think Jason Kidd is really, you know, the grass is not always green on the other side. And, you know, he took that 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 interview with the Knicks, and then they ultimately went with Tom Thibodeau, which, by the way, James Dolan wasn't sold on Tibbs. Um, he and Leon Rose and Worldwide West were a package deal. And it took a while before, you know, they agreed on it. Jason Kidd was, from what I was told, was really who – James Dolan wanted. Um, but as it relates to that, I mean, Ben Simmons is, is, is a taller Jason Kidd, not just because he's light-skinned, but because they play similarly. Um, but I think if you keep – if you keep like, if you keep Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid and you find a way to bring Chris Paul to Philadelphia, like, that ultimately becomes a brainiac organization if you're finding a way to get Jason Kidd as your head coach Chris Paul is your point guard, and you keep Ben Simmons at the four position, and you got Shake Milton coming off the bench. Like seriously, like that's a brainiac coach to starting lineup ratio. I will.
2: I will say this. I will say with Elton Brand, like every year he's been in, he's made a he's made a huge move. Oh, for whether sure. Yeah, whether it's Jimmy Butler, whether it's Al Horford, whether it's trading Jimmy Butler, whether it's getting Tobias Harris and signing Tobias Harris, so. This completely goes into his wheelhouse as far as as far as far making these these big trades and making these big moves to try to go ahead and get this team to that next level. So well, I, I, wanna, I definitely agree with what you're saying.
3: Well, I want to preface this. Is I'm not bashing Elton at all. Um, I think he's done a, a, a hell of a job in a short amount of time. Um, he and I agree to disagree on the Al Horford part, and i told him that I think you pay too much money for Al Horford. He laughs. Um, but everything else – I think he's done a heck of a job with that organization, um, you know, training to get, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Butler, like you said. The problem with Jimmy Butler was just he and Brett Brown didn't get along. Yep. Brett Brown doesn't really like talkative, um, aggressive uh, athletes on his squad. He likes guys that kind of defer to him. And Ben Simmons is passive-aggressive. Joel is passive-aggressive. And I think that they just like him and. I mean, I, I don't think I know. I know they like them in that organization. So I, I think that when you look at Philadelphia at large, man, like to me, um, Chris Paul makes so much sense and Philly. He makes so much sense in Milwaukee. That's why I don't want to give you just one because then, you know, the internet will say I'm, I don't have no sources. So <laughs> Philadelphia and, 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 and Milwaukee just make so much sense to me from a basketball perspective.
1: Now the more that we talked about the Philly one, the more I'm just like, yeah, that could definitely put them up, a, up an octave, like you said. Like it, it Utah take, makes take, sense
2: too, though. Yeah,
1: but the Philly one, like you know, whenever you're looking at all the pieces, right? Elton Brand and and what he likes to do and make splashes, you know, every single summer and 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 you just look at their history, you know, you, you sometimes that turns into behaviors, you know, and I, I think it's a behavior of theirs. It's like, Hey, we move in one big piece. There goes the next one coming in next year. Cause this one didn't work out for us the way that we wanted to. So I could definitely see that. And even the bucks one too, you know, to me, that was the farthest one off, but, you know, just seeing it and hearing it now, it's just like, well, you know, everyone looks back and says, we don't want to be the thunder that lost KD. You know what I'm saying to to the honest type of thing, right? That that they don't mm-hmm. want to be like that, and it's it, it makes sense for for the Bucks to say, "Hey, look, we'll get you somebody that's quality that knows the game. We'll get you to your spots. We'll you know run your damn offense, so that you don't have to." And uh, you put Budenholzer, who who has a pretty good track record with with subpar point guards you know what i mean you're, you're jeff teagues you're even Bledsoe. i think he stepped him up a little bit and you put him with chris paul and i mean that's a that's a magical little mix right there you know screw the jason Kidd one i think that one would even be way bigger um on the back end i just don't know about what you're getting back other than eric Bledsoe. so um that that's a tough part to swallow right there but
3: i also think that when you look at the thunder um I was a, I was impressed with Shea Gilgis Alexander with the Clippers last year. And so when he came to Oklahoma city this year, um, the way he picked off this year was no surprise. And having a veteran leader in, in the OG Chris Paul at 35 years old, just makes sense. It's almost like the uh, Vince Carter, Trey young effect.
1: Yep. Yep. And no, and he really did bring him up. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. He was barely on the floor, but he brought him up.
3: I'm going to use this term and, and, and I, I bet you this time next year, everybody's going to be using it, right? Chris Paul is the basketball doula. Everybody he, be giving said, birth. he be giving birth to superstars. Watch this. So, look, everybody talks about Erica Badu. Everybody wants, I hear black women say all the time, look, I want Erica Badu to be my doula, right? A lot of these GMs want Chris Paul on their team to help their young veterans get better. No. Carter was the first basketball doula. Chris Paul is the second. Mark my words, in a year from now, they're going to be saying that. Chris Paul is the basketball doula. I believe it, actually.
1: Yeah, I, I can be- see that. I see it all the way. Just with, with look at his post-season you know, interview where he said – yo, I came into every game and I made these dudes believe we were supposed to win. Not that we had a chance, not that we were just showing up to, you know, play a game for 48 minutes real quick, but no, we were going to go out there and we were going to win. And he brings that, he just brings that mentality. The dudes literally, you know, whenever he was at Houston, right? Of course I'm going to talk shit on him, right? Cause he's in Houston. I'm an OKC okay, fan. We got bad blood between us. You know, they're always talking mess about the Harden trade, you know, and I, and I crapped on the dude a little bit. At the beginning of the season, I said, get this man off my team ASAP. You know what right. I mean? That was exactly my exact words. Get him off my team as soon as possible. And I have never, as a Thunder fan, enjoyed swallowing a bitter pill as the one that I did with the Chris Paul situation all the way. I mean, that man, he – I knew he was good. Right. I knew. I know he's the first ballot All of Famer. I know these things. Right. But whenever you put him in your organization and he starts meshing and and you see what he does with young guys, old guys, guys in between. He makes people believe that they're winners, you know, just at their core and that they can do anything that they need to do. And And he performs, you know, he's he's super clutch. He's not scared to take that big shot. You know, you get Giannis sometimes out there. You got my brain, my little hamster's running upstairs right now. Uh, Cause you know, you got Giannis who gets scared at the end of games, right? If he can't get a breakaway dunk, what is he going to do? Right. And, and he sort of shuts down and then you have Chris Middleton trying to, you know, scramble to make up for the Giannis effect. And there you go. You got Chris Paul balancing that whole thing out. Same thing with the Sixers. You know what I mean? You get both of Joel and Ben Simmons falling into that same sort of habit there. And um, Chris Paul, the doula man. I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree all the way now.
3: <laughs> the nominee of young talent, and I'll add this two things. One, um, spoke to Antoine Walker on my new show, Heavy Live with Scoop 96 NBA draft, he played with the Boston Celtics, Dallas Mavericks, won a ring with Miami Heat. You know who Antoine Walker is. You know the shimmy. One of the things he said to me was this. He said, um, as good as Giannis Antetokounmpo is, people are seeing in real time, he's being exposed in real time. And you saw it against the Miami Heat. Now, he didn't say this part, but this is what I correlated to. It reminds me of LeBron in 2010 when he and the Cavs could not get past the Boston Celtics and LeBron ended up leaving Cleveland and took his talents to Miami and he got better. If Chris Paul would have come to Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks, this would be the LeBron alternate of staying with the Bucks and not taking his talents elsewhere. And I feel like when you look at Chris Paul in that regard, that makes sense. That's one part two of th- My statement is this: um, People gave Steve Nash sugar, honey, iced tea uh, because he became the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And I was one of the people. I am an African American, and I'd be ignorant to say that white privilege doesn't exist. In this instance, this was not the case. The hiring, because when you look at when you look at um, when you look at corporate America, it's based off of who you know. It's based off relationships. The same way that y'all called me. To ask me to come on your show is the same way that Sean Marks, the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, reached out to his boy. I was around that Phoenix Suns team during the 97-98 season. Mm -hmm. Um, Jason Kidd was on that team. Kevin Johnson was on that team. Rex Chapman was on that team. Danny Manning was on that team. Um, That team was loaded with talent. And I feel like when you look at Chris Paul, um, the minute he retires, he's going to get the Steve Nash treatment. Yeah, Because point guards make great head coaches.
1: Nope. No, and that's – I want him back in OKC after he decides to retire. That's just my opinion. I've been saying this for a while. Just right. he's, he's the truth, man. You, you don't get that many there's, – there's the difference between having the IQ and the skill set, right, the physical abilities to do things. And, and Chris Paul doesn't have the physical abilities that most other guys do out there, but he makes up for it with his brain. You know what I mean, and what right. he's able to do,
3: yeah. and the ex knows. Sorry, he's he's your YMCA point guard. He is your Jason Kidd. He is your Magic Johnson. Yeah. To be honest with you, when you look at, I mean, look, I look at two guys who had great basketball minds whose career was cut short. One in my buddy NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, and and one in and Baron Davis. Mm-hmm. I feel like Chris Paul is everything Baron Davis was supposed to be. He embraced the younger generation. He was a point guard. Baron Davis's issue was weight, and just injuries towards the end of the season. When you look at Isaiah Thomas; he tore his Achilles, and back then there wasn't sports medicine that could treat something like that. You look at KD; tore his Achilles. You look at Demarcus Cousins; tore his Achilles. So I, I feel like with Chris Paul, he's he's he is what I, everything Isaiah Thomas was supposed to be after thirty-two. Yeah, that makes Definitely. sense.
1: Definitely. That makes sense. So
2: so in the end. Um, it almost sounds like Oklahoma City is in they 're in prime position to to get to extract as much value from Chris Paul as they can even more value than they probably should have um uh, because it sounds like teams are facing a lot of pressure teams that are no longer in the playoffs want to keep their superstars and so one of the best ways to do that is to go ahead and link them up with another superstar, especially if he 's a point guard or especially if he 's the point god um. <laughs> So so definitely man hey scoop I want to say thank you man for coming on. I want to say thank you for gracing us with some of your some of your scoops and some of your uh predictions um and for you know for explaining to us a little bit about why these teams kind of come to mind when it comes to Chris Paul. Um but yeah, I do want to thank you for coming on man. 140
3: characters doesn't justice.
2: No. No. Never does. Well, it, it, it's too, It's two eighty now, right? Like that. And I, I
3: and and if I get two eighty one, I can't tweet. It's negative one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but to have these type of basketball conversations and kind of put it into videotape format, um, it's more bite sized, and it, I'm not accused of capping online. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no man, no it's cap. No, no cap. It, sure. And I wanna follow up with Alex, man. I I appreciate the hell out of you, man, for, for taking the time out and sitting with us today and talking about this. Like it it's always a pleasure having you on just because we're just some good old Oklahoma boys over here. And, you know, you're you're living the Oliver and company life out there in New York City, you know, just running running around and uh, it's nice to hear the different perspectives on, on just life and what's going on and, and the way that, you know, some of your connections and your relationships that you built, you know, work around the league Um, whether they're directly or indirectly, you know what I mean? There's, there's always an ear to the ground and um, like, it's just crazy to me that we live in a world now that, you know, You're not, you're not quote unquote affiliated with one of the major networks, right? Um, Or one of the big news outlets out there, but you do just as much. And it's, it's very much appreciated to us little lowly folks out here in Oklahoma that are just a squirrel trying to get a nut also, you know, out here. That's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it, it's always nice having you, man. It really is. For sure. Thanks. Thank you for
3: the opportunity to be myself. And um, we all build it when nobody's better than anybody else. We put out true, business. true, true, true. Hey, you
2: got anything you want to go ahead and tell us
3: about? Maybe yeah, something to up. Up for you. Um, check out Heavy Live with Scoopy. I mean, we've had anybody from Stefan Marbury, Antoine Walker, Jay Williams, um, former Milwaukee Buck Michael Red was on the other day. Um. This coming week, we have uh, New York Giants legend, Carl Banks, on. Um, Chris Broussard will be on at the end of the month. Nice. Uh, former New York Giant, David Wilson. He, he texted me yesterday. He wants to come on, so he'll be on. Like, got a lot of things brewing with that show. Um, Heavy Live with Scooby gets no less uh, than 10,000 views uh, per Radio. episode. And, um, yeah, man, that's the newest project. You can check it out uh, via heavy.com. Um, But I I mean, that's the biggest thing. Scoopy radio was still moving as well. Uh, Check out all my work at heavy.com where I'm a senior NBA writer and um, I'm just having fun with it. Honestly. I mean, like the Marbury interview went viral the other day. I asked him a question about um, Jay-Z in the song. uh, Excuse me again. La la la. uh, There was a line in the song where Jay-Z said, uh, don't confuse me with Marbury out. This bitch might run up on me at the light. You will lose your life. And, uh, Stephon Marbury took that opportunity to say that uh, Jay Z uh, sold crack, made crack babies, in Marcy projects in Brooklyn. And, uh, oh, and, um, <laughs> I mean, asking real questions that I've always wanted to ask, and I know Steph, I've always wanted yeah. to ask him that, and I had no idea he was going to be that candid,
2: open, and candid.
1: So. That's awesome. That is actually yeah.
2: really, and, and definitely, if you if you have the opportunity, if you know, if you. Put your notifications on for Scoop B on Twitter. And if you get a chance to see his periscopes on there, those are awesome also. I saw the one you had with Daniel Artest. Man, that was hilarious. The story (laughs) about Celine Dion and the Artest family. That was the best. That was (laughs) the best. Celine Dion concert
3: and they took pictures after. And Celine Dion was throwing up gang signs. Queen. Queensbridge, man, Daniel is hilarious. <laughs> if you ever want to hear a funny story, ask Daniel Artest. That's Metal War Pieces.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. I love it.
2: Well, hey, thank you very much for coming on. Yes, um, as we say around here, make sure you keep your hands clean. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you get, you know, make sure you go out and hoop. Any opportunity to get to hoop, make sure you mask up. Um, but as always, even though the season may be over, for us, it's always hundred percent. Thunder up. up. This is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Come on.
0: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly.